0: Oh yeah!
1: Welcome to Talking Giants, presented by Seeky. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host Justin Pennick We got our a long interview with our friend Clem, which we, we planned for like 25 minutes, and then when we and whenever we start talking with him, we start telling stories and having a good time. Justin, how are you doing?
0: You two get very, very reckless together, and you when you were getting giggling and when you were getting laughing and talking about burning shit down. That's uh, that's when the interview got good.
1: Yeah, me and Clem couldn't do a podcast together because it would just go off the rails every every episode. It would
0: incite violence. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's like we're a good yin yang. Where he's like the nice everything. He's like my game day morning ritual is to you know do a good deed. Your guys is to like kill the other team's mascot. Yep. A video. But we want to go through the fifteen three man roster prediction. This is going to be a prediction with a little spice of preference, but also not. Not reckless for me, at least. Before we get into that, Justin, this episode is brought to you by some special people. RJ Rischigno, Peter Roberts. My fake ID name was Jake Roberts. Adrian, I say that for every guy that has a last name, Roberts. Adrian Davis, that's uh, a- uh, Anthony Davis's brother. Ron Shecklin, he's been sheckling us some shekels. John Cap, he's here, no cap. And Andy Bryant, the son of Kobe. Justin, who are these people?
0: These wonderful people went to patreon.com slash... Talking Giants, two hours, month, plus, month, and to You get to hang out with us live while we're recording the shows. It is a 2.30 p.m. Monday, August 21st little record session for us. So you get a little midday work action on for Talking Giants. Bobby Skinner will send you some stickers in the mail. Now that he's back in Florida, he will do that. And there's some shirt raffles that Just happen. Just put at every out. Time of month. Uh Patreon.com slash Talking Giants. Thanks for our patrons.
1: All right, so we're going to go through. We put together 38 essential locks for the roster, and then we'll, we're going to go through the 15- I guess we can go through position by position on this. So, for quarterback we put two, Daniel Jones and Tyrod Taylor. Those guys are two locks and I neither one of us picks us to have a third quarterback, correct? No. No. Running back, I put two locks even though I think there's most likely three. Saquon Barkley obviously and then Eric Gray who had a fifth round draft pick invested in him. Those are the two locks. The reason I didn't put Matt Breida on this as a lock, even though I am putting Matt Breida on my 53-man roster and projecting him, because I I mean, I think he's the backup and rightfully so, deserves to be, is that they can't cut Eric Gray, obviously, and they shouldn't. Saquon Barkley is their guy. And Deshaun Corbin, man. Like, when we did our 53-man roster episode, Justin, in uh, June or May or whenever it was, When we were talking about surprise cuts, someone uh, reached out to me and said, supposedly they really like Corbin and Breida could be a surprise cut. Now, I don't see it, but I am going to put Breida and Corbin on the roster. They did keep four backs to start the season last year. And I am, you know, Matt Breida is a second stringer, but I I think they like Corbin, man. And he's had the best camp out of all the non Saquon people and preseason. And you can't cut Gray even if, though, he may not be ready for
0: every down snaps. Yeah, I just have down Breida. So we're we're not we're going lock. We're going position by position, right? When we're saying lock, and then we're saying what what we would our our prediction, right? Well, the
1: locks are just set. Me and you agreed on, and right, now we're okay. going through the fifteen. Got so it, the fit it. part of the fifteen left, blast fifteen, in for me are Matt Breida and Ja'Shawn Corbin.
0: Okay. So for you, it's just Breida, right? For me, it's just Breida. As of yeah, as of even though I do, I do regret that because I think the Giants are way more likely to carry four running backs than like, and I like spoiler alert, I have an extra interior offense alignment. They're way more likely to carry four running backs than nine offense alignment. Even though they did do both of those things last year, they carried, they carried four running backs. Antonio Williams wound up being cut. Um, Did he make the 15? I, I, I screenshot.
1: Antonio Williams ended up making it. He got cut after like week one or so.
0: So, I mean, so that was three running backs. So it's not impossible that eventually the giants will only get down to three running backs. It's not impossible.
1: No, no, but they did, like you said, they did start with four last year. They kept Brightwell and and Antonio Williams.
0: So I'm gonna have up and only Breedham yeah.
1: right now. Also, some notes I I put in there. They do do a little roster finagling too, right? To keep like Casey Kreider, I believe, has been cut the last two years, just with the understanding, hey, we're gonna re-sign you in a couple of days once we, you know, get through guys through IR or whatever. And if you if you've had four years accrued in the NFL. You aren't subject to waivers until the trade deadline. Sterling Shepard could fall under that category where they cut him and, you know, the the understanding is, hey, we're going to get the guys through IR or whatever, and then we'll re-sign you the next day. And I don't I don't know if we're going to be working the waivers as much because we're so low on the list this year. Right. But we're going through the 15 leftovers. So, for wide receiver, now, Joe Shane did say that is coming off the pup, so... I'm going to work under the assumption that he's Wandale Robinson is going to be on the roster. So there's five locks, Darius Slayton, Isaiah Hodgins, Paris Campbell, Jalen Hyatt, and Wandale Robinson. Who were your, your guys part of the 15,
0: uh, 15 last guys. I have Cole Beasley and Sterling Shepard, but I really wanted to find a way to put Bryce Ford Wheaton on there because there's been too much talk of him apparently being a really good special teamer. And. Coaches, multiple people with Shane and coaches are giving him props for being a good special teamer. Great. I mean, I, I wish I could say that I've seen it, and I wish I could say that I like analyze that stuff. I don't, but um, I, I would not, I would not be surprised if Bryce Four Wheaton makes his way onto this roster simply because of there's no other receivers on this roster that are going to make it because of special teams.
1: Yeah, but at the end, of the, I, I only have Cole Beasley and Sterling Shepherd too, and unless Beasley's injury is a little more serious than. We know neither one of those guys aren't making the team, and Bryce Ford Wheaton is. I'm, I'm telling you, I do not think he's going to be claimed up by waiver. he hasn't had the pre. Maybe if he balls out in the next preseason game, you can worry about teams claiming him. But he was an undrafted free agent. Like teams had 200, you know, 270 draft picks to take a shot at Bryce Ford Wheaton, and nobody did.
0: I need to make like, uh, plant my flag in the ground right now. Between. Beat reporters telling us that there was no surprise that Blake Martinez was cut last year, and the whole you know re- reporting this and that with Saquon Barkley and hearing a million different things. We've gone the entire spring and summer hearing there is no way that Sterling Shepard's going to be cut. You're crazy if you think Sterling Shepard's going to be cut. If Sterling Shepard is cut and then kept off the roster, i yeah. get it. I'll the get obvious. it. I will get it if he's released and then eventually resigned, and I won't give that this quick reaction but if sterling shepherd is waived by the giants and is not brought back because they need somebody that fits a special teams mold or they need an, like a legit like wide receiver six or seven that plays special teams cuz chef can't do that i've scorched earth on the beat because it's an, it's another thing that they're like well you shouldn't be. this is not going to happen there's no way this will happen yet i still think it's like a possibility
1: yeah, and I, I, listen, I, I don't think he's going to be cut, but we just both picked seven wide receivers and none of which play special teams. Right. Which last year they kept seven too, and the only one that played special teams at the time was David Sills. So Kenny Galladay, Tony, uh, Shep, Wandale. Slayton. Slayton. And who was the who was the seventh one they had? Oh, Richie James. So Richie James and David Sills did specials, but Richie James was only as a returner. He was a like,
0: returner, yeah.
1: Sure. Um so we both have seven wide receivers. All right. So two locks at tight end now. Daniel or Darren Waller and Daniel Bellinger. Those are the two locks. I'm putting two in here. And I actually think there's a good chance once I went through this. I believe Lawrence Cager is going to make the team. Absolutely. He's going to do some specials. They like his they like his skill set. They claimed him last year for a reason. And I also am going to throw Chris Myrick out there because I think they want to have two blocking tight ends on the roster. I got, you know, b- put Bellinger on and use Myrick as a fullback. Now Myrick could also make it to the practice squad and probably not get claimed up, but Myrick does all the special team stuff. So I am, I am p- putting four tight ends with, uh, I'm putting Myrick and Cager as part of my last 15.
0: Sweet. Tommy Sweeney's been ahead on the depth charts, the unofficial depth charts so far this spring. And I think Tommy Sweeney has gotten a little bit more run than Chris Myrick. So you putting Chris Myrick in there, is that is that just like, give me Sweeney or Myrick, or are you like, plant your flag on the ground, I want Chris Myrick here? I
1: think you. Chris Myrick's a better blocker. Like, you even go watch in the preseason. And, I mean, think about it last time around this year. Chris Myrick wasn't going to make the team. They were going to put Andre, and Chris Myrick ended up building himself onto the roster and was, I mean, he scored the game-winning touchdown in, pre, in the first game of the season. So, I, I think Chris and Tommy Sweeney's dealing with an injury right now. Right. I think Chris Myrick, I mean, Chris, Go watch it like the go watch Chris Meyer block in the preseason. He's like he's a good blocker and you can move him in different alignments where Sweeney, I don't know how much you're gonna put him at H back. So I think Chris Meyer kind of plays, and I think he like, is a better like he catches the ball and he can do he like knows how to run routes. He's just not fast. Yeah.
0: All right. So for me, I am going only one tight end. Uh, I think only three are going to make the fifty three, and I'm going with Lawrence Cager. Uh, this is a prediction. This isn't a preference. I would like for to make it. I would love packages where you have Daniel Bellinger at fullback and uh, Chris Myrick at tight end. I, I I think that is a very very good you know kind of run blocking tandem at tight end. But I inevitably think that like we're gonna see packages this year where Lawrence Cager has his hand in the dirt or Darren Waller has his hand in the dirt and like Darren like Daniel Bellinger is that kind of like H back fullback. And even though that doesn't make all the sense in the world, this is just what I think they're going to do for the writing that's been on the wall this summer is they're using Lawrence Cager as an extension of Darren Waller. And that even if you look in the preseason, that package that I just mentioned where you have a running back, Daniel Bellinger, as this H-back fullback, there have been running plays where Lawrence Cager is the tight end, and he's being asked to block, and he's being asked to do those things. So just Lawrence Cager's usage is making me lean towards he is going to be the third tight end on the roster and the last tight end on the roster. Yeah,
1: Cager to me is a strong prediction for me. Meyer is like, a you know what? He does a lot of things and he is that blocker. All right, offensive line before I get into some other uh, special stuff you want to hear about. So for tackle, Thomas, Neal, and Parrott, I think, are pretty much locks. I got it. I got I get there's this There's a gap between offense and defense. Thomas, Neal, and Parrott are, to me, locks at tackle. And then on the interior, you have JMS, Glowinski, Bredesen, and Azudu. So that's seven right there. I'm only keeping eight offensive linemen. I I, for, I only foresee keeping eight, and Tyree Phillips is
0: that eighth for me. I'm going nine. The Giants initially did go nine last year. I have Tyree Phillips, and I also have Shane Lemieux. I think Shane Lemieux is playing his way onto this team. Uh, I think he's had a good preseason. I think he's had a good camp, and we haven't really talked about him a ton. I can't say that I've like watched him a ton either um, but he's been really good depth for this offensive line, and I think they try and find a way and keep him on here.
1: So you replace Chris Myer with Shane Lemieux. Tough. All right, Justin. Uh, before we get into the defense, today's episode is sponsored by SeatGeek. If you don't know what SeatGeek is, they're a ticketing app that makes tickets buying tickets super simple. With over 28 million downloads, SeatGeek is the number one rated ticketing app. I was actually uh, with some family this weekend. They said, "Yeah, we use we use SeatGeek. We use your promo code, which is Giants." I didn't use the promo code, but I did just use SeatGeek um, for tickets for the Daytona for my dad's birthday. There are more than 70,000 events every single day on SeatGeek, including sports, concerts, festivals, racing, and more. They always want to make sure you are getting a good deal, so when you're on the app, look for the green dots. Green means good, like in racing. Red means bad, like in racing. Every ticket is backed by their buyer guarantee, and SeatGeek is the only site that lets you return your tickets ahead of the event with swaps. Which truly is a game changer. We've got the hookup. Use code GIANTS for $20 off your first purchase at SeatGeek. That's $20 off your first purchase with promo code GIANTS. Click the link in the description
0: to download the app. You will be glad that you did. Dog Analytics in the chat, so no Marcus McKeithen for either of us. No. Yeah, I mean, just haven't seen him. Yeah, he's not even really practicing
1: or playing. and not I mean, not every draft pick makes it. Yeah. and year 2. It's just you know. And I don't I don't know what teams I I think he'll go to the practice squad, but I just don't know what teams are racing to claim Marcus McKeith. Right. right. All right, defense. Defensive line, Dex, Leo, Sean Robinson and Nacho are four locks for the D-line. And I th- there should be a conversation about this guy who is my fifth and that's jordan riley and he's my only he's he is the only defensive lineman i have outside of those four is it the same with you same with me and he's earned it one he's having a he's playing really well as a in the preseason as a run defender he doesn't still doesn't add much as a pass rusher the coaching staff the front office brandon brown andre patterson they're like bragging about this pick Like they are, they are like, they're talking about the process, like, like talking about, Hey, like, and they've openly said his film sucked. Yeah. Like they're both, you know, not in, in, in nicer words than that, but they basically said, yeah, his film kind of sucks, but we, you know, we,
0: and you uh, would kind of agree with that,
1: right? Yeah. Yeah. His film, he was, you know, the, like, like I said, I kind of had like, Hey, he's a fifth defensive tackle at best. And now I'm like, okay, he could maybe be the third guy off the bench as a run defender if he if he continues to grow. And he's not perfect now, anyways. Like, I don't want to overreact. But they are like bragging about this pick. And because of like, hey, his film wasn't good, but we went there, Dennis Hickey went there, identified him. We got Dre and Cox there to go and um and you know, we'll talk with him and work him out personally, and he sticks out, like and and they, they are like this is the pick they love talking about the most, it seems.
0: Yeah, like more so than Hawkins. Yeah, which you would. They have talked very positive positively about Hawkins, but they've almost treated Hawkins as like, yeah, we 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 didn't fully expect it, but he's competed, and now we're expecting him to be here versus uh, Jordan Riley. Jordan Riley, that was the one pick out of out of this entire draft that we were just like, meh, and he has been way more than a meh, way more. Yeah. Than, and it's and it, you know what's crazy, Bobby it didn't even start. It wasn't even at the start of camp. It was the joint practices with Detroit. And then it was the preseason game. And then everything has kind of like snowballed from there. And, you know, and it's funny how, you know, Art Art was really talking about him very positively um, at, at the joint practices on, on the side with us. And I'm like, well, clearly, I think art's hearing something about Jordan Riley. It's not, it's not just maybe art really noticing this third stringer really sticking out. So a lot of people in the building are talking well, or good about this guy.
1: Yeah. And this is where it's like when we t- came out of the draft, when I like when I say that I really loved the day 3 of this draft, it wasn't just like I didn't I don't come out of I haven't come out of most drafts saying that. You know, 2020 I loved, but that was more at the top with Thomas and McKinney. And this draft, it was like day three, man. Like, I really liked these, And and honestly, Eric Gray has been the only one that's kind of under, you know, been a little underwhelming with expectations. But he's looked decent as a runner, broke some tackles and stuff. So five defensive linemen. Outside linebacker edge, Kayvon, Aziz, and Jihad are three locks. Are you keeping four or five, Justin?
0: I am keeping five. They kept five last year. Uh, Timon Fock, uh, again, prediction. Timon Fox and O'Shane Zimenez, I believe, will make the 53. So I only have Fox. O'Shane is playing at the end
1: of preseason games. Yeah. And I think maybe he'd like, they didn't want to originally bring him back, but they did after they didn't get anyone in the draft. I think they're going to keep Fox and then Baldonado uh, Baldonado will be on the practice squad and it might be that just O'Shane's kind of done here. Because, I mean, he's playing the end of preseason games and... That's not what he was doing last year.
0: I still think you need to keep five edge rushers, especially with, you know, knowing Aziz Ojalari's you know, limitations injury-wise, and, you know, do you really want Jihad Ward and Timon Fox being the only two edge rushers that you have on the team? If one of those edge rushers do, does go down, obviously you can run more three defense alignment sets, but I don't know if you want to pigeon, pigeonhole yourself like that. So right. I think they'll carry five.
1: Inside linebacker, Bobby Okereke, Micah McFadden, and Darian Beavers. I think Darian Beavers would be at lock. Those three. And the, I'm not keeping like a true depth linebacker after them. I got two, but it's Cam Brown and Carter Coughlin only for special teams. Cam I- Brown was a special team captain last year. I know people want to push him out for uh, Bryce Ford Wheaton. He was a captain, and Carter Coughlin, like, you see him make plays on special teams consistently. So I have I have five. But two of them are really only specials only guys.
0: I'm with you right there with you.
1: Corner. Adoree Jackson, Deontay Banks, Trey Hawkins, and Cordell Locks. That's four. How many are you keeping and who are you keeping?
0: I'm keeping two more corners. Darnay Holmes and Amani Arroyer. Um, I did not think that Arroyer was going to make the team. Like, you know, even he's getting cooked. He's getting cooked. He's getting cooked all camp. I think you got it. Because when you look at the outside corner depth, with the four that are locks so that you mentioned, you have three starters, Adoree, Banks, Hawkins. Ideally, in an ideal world, you have a slot. Uh, ideally, like Cordell Flots, your starter in the slot. And then you have Trey Hawkins' is depth because you don't want to be starting two rookie corners on the outside. But I kind of think that's what the Giants have to do. They have to put Adoree in the slot. They have to have Banks and Hawkins on the outside just because the slot corner is so bad. And if Flots not good enough to start in the slot, or, nor is he not good enough to compete on the outside either. That is really bad depth that you have a corner, so I am keeping Amani Aurorie around with Darnay Holmes.
1: So I'm only keeping Darnay because I don't think Aurier is even that great of depth. Also, Flott, he's kind of back to playing outside corner. And right. I remember the conversation we had with Dunleavy uh, in May at OTAs where he's like, they, in the building, they kind of think he might be better suited on the outside.
0: A six-round rookie is beating him out. For the, even the outside job
1: <laughs> Yeah, but I, I view Flawed as like the backup outside and then Darnay As the backup nickel corner Yeah. Right now, so I have five, you have six Safety, Xavier McKinney Jason Pinnock and Dane Belton Are three locks, I'm keeping Six safeties, Justin And Javarius Owens My guy, mark it down Bobby McCain, still think he's making the team And then Nick McCloud, who's kind of your Do-it-all utility special teams guy So I'm keeping
0: six safeties and I'm keeping five. I had the additional corner, so I'm taking one safety out. Javarius Owens, I am keeping. Nick McLeod, I am keeping. I wonder what that injury is. I think that's a, that's kind of like something that I'm wondering. I know a couple other people are wondering what that injury is. That injury and how long it could be could be the difference between Nick McLeod staying on the roster and making the 53 or getting like a waved slash injured little settlement there um, as we approach 53. I do not have Bobby McCain making my 53-band roster. I hope Nick McLeod is okay. All
1: right, Justin, why don't you talk to us about something? So for just do a run-through. So we had our locks. My last 15 in are Matt Breida, Deshaun Corbin, Cole Beasley, Sterling Shepard, Lawrence Cager, Chris Myrick, Tyree Phillips, Jordan Riley, Timone Fox, Cam Brown, Carter Coughlin, Darnay Holmes, Javarius Owens, Bobby McCain, and Nick McLeod. Who are yours? My last 15
0: in. Running back, Matt Breida. Wide receiver, I have Cole Beasley and Sterling Shepard. Tight end, only have one. Lawrence Cager. Interior O-line, I have Tyree Phillips and Shane Lemieux. Shane Lemieux is probably the big luxury uh, pick that I had, but the Giants did carry nine interior, nine offensive linemen last year. What a luxury. De- Defensive tackle, Jordan Riley. Um, edge, I have Timon Fox and O'Shane Ziminez making it. Interior linebacker, I have the special teamers, Cam Brown, Carter Coughlin. Cornerback, Darnay Holmes, Amani Ororie, and safety, I have Javarius Owens and Nick McLeod. We will also put this in the description. All
1: right, Justin, why don't you talk to us about something before we talk to Clem?
0: I will talk to you about something, and, and guess what? Guess what? Farmer's Dog, new sponsor, rew, 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 the results of switching your dog's food from kibble to fresh can seem like magic but the farmer's dog doesn't use any sorcery or secret ingredients to make their fresh food, just science. And I can guess what I can back this up. My dog, Mikey, everybody knows Mikey. My dog, Mikey just got some fresh farmer's dog food. Bobby, do you want to tell us about your dog? She would have loved it, but she passed away. What did she pass away from? Lung cancer. Farmer's dog does not put any tobacco or nicotine in their dog food. That's great news. And I, I can back this up that they use science because when I was putting in Mikey's information, they asked me, what's the breed? How much does he weigh? How much food does he, how much food does he usually eat? Um, Wet food, dry food. I asked all, it took me about 10 minutes. And you know what? I care about my dog and I care about my dog's health. So it took me a couple minutes. You're
1: saying I don't care about my dog because she smokes cigarettes.
0: That's possible. You know, I care about my dog, so I took the time to answer these farmer's dog questions about Mikey's preferences, and then boom, Mikey is going to live a healthy and full life, and it's thanks to the farmer's dog. I think Mikey actually told me that the farmer's dog is his favorite sponsor. How do you like that?
1: Get I fit- love farmer's dog. I, mm-hmm. I I was at your house the other day, and I, I saw Mikey. You were telling me Mikey was eating it, Yeah, and and Mikey's a good dog. You were at my house the other day.
0: Get fifty percent off your yeah, first box when we box dropped of the van fresh, off. healthy I saw, food. This
1: when is, we drop when we were when we are coming back from Detroit.
0: Get fifty percent off your first box of fresh healthy food at the farmersdog.com slash John Plus, you get free shipping. That's the farmersdog.com slash John for 50% off. Bobby's fifty percent off? Yes, fifty. That's insane. The sales team we we have a bunch of partners right now that they're giving us fifty percent off like for a bunch of things the sales team is getting away with murder
1: yeah farmer's dog this is bad business like our listeners are going to take advantage of you with this 50 percent off here's barstool clem here's barstool clem
0: come on pay attention in there let's go we got a beautiful day work play fast play fast whoa
1: ah we now welcome on to the show part of our camp tour clem barstool clem clem how you doing my man it's been uh it's been a while
2: It's been a a little bit, but uh, all is well. Fellow Giants, people who cover the Giants here, in a better headspace right now than we've been in a long time. Last year was like guarded optimism. This is so much better right now. So much better after last season, after the camp reports we've been getting. Um, I'm feeling good, boys. I still have those battle scars, though, from the last five years before then, but feeling pretty optimistically well.
1: Yeah, I'm in a point now where it's like, all right, I need to see two years of being good in a row to get me, like, fully back optimistic where you still got a little, like, uh, hesitation. But I am I am so excited for this season. I'm so excited for Dallas Week 1. And it looks like you are, too. You got the hard hat on.
2: Yeah, babe, we got to get our hard hats. We have to act like our job is really hard and we're reporting every single day. So, uh, you know, we have to act like we're part of the, the real media. So it's like, all right, get the hard hats on, ready to – ready for week one get out there wink wants us loud we got to be loud so i uh, uh art stapleton had a line that just like took my breath away the other day when he was like you know they did it they you know dable was great year one but no giants coach since tom coughlin has survived year two and i was like holy fuck. that like that's that's just kind of terrifying now you know because mcadoo um shirmer and judge all were what were two and done basically
1: yeah, I mean, we had Coughlin for however many years it was, what, 11 or so? And then, well, yeah, 2-2-2, two, two, and two, and now we're heading into year two. Now, at least with Dable, I guess with McAdoo too, it was like going into year two was a little earned, where Shermer and, and Judge year two was yeah. maybe not, like optimism wasn't as earned as these guys. But it's like, man, I mean, you're there, you feel it, and it's like, they, you know, they, they feel like a team that's going to go. And D, DJ got paid. Did you ever, did you ever waver in the last four years?
2: Not for a minute. I'm wearing my Danny Dime shirt right now. Mm. Um, I, so I wavered, like, I don't want to make it seem like I was Daniel Jones guy from day zero. Cause I didn't watch, I don't watch college football much. Um, you know, like a lot of people in the Northeast, it's kind of like, we've had such shitty college football. I was a Syracuse fan back when McNabb was there. Goes Tommy to the DeVito. Eagles. Yeah. Yeah. Tommy DeVito keeping the tradition alive so like i you know the whole daniel jones thing, the night of the draft i was like everyone else i'm like i thought we were gonna get this guy at 17. i wanted the josh allen pass rusher i fell into all the traps everyone else did but the next day i said fuck this We have to like support our guy. And from that moment on, I never did waiver. We have the Daniel Jones hype group on Twitter where we basically just build up Daniel in our own little private corner of the internet. Darius Sillian has to be a member of the group, by the way. He is the greatest hype man on the planet for Daniel Jones. So I'm really happy our guy got paid. I love how much it's pissing off like the people in the media, the other fans, you know, it was his fault Saquon wasn't getting paid at one point. It's just beautiful to see. And if our boy can go out and just uh, put out some numbers here like he's doing in camp, we're gonna be loud. We're going to be very, very obnoxious, and Bobby, you will be right there leading the charge with us. I there were
1: times where it, it, this offseason season, where it's like, is is it Daniel Jones' fault of everyone not getting the? I mean, Lamar Jackson kind of like <laughs> brought up Daniel. I was like, what? There's no correlation to any of this. Like, there's there's very clear differences in this, but it is kind of crazy. Like, I started doing this in 2019, which was the Daniel Jones year, and now it's like, luckily, this is the first year we've resigned our own draft picks in like 10 years too. So it's like okay the guys that c- came in with me are are getting resigned where before that it was Sterling Shepard and then before that it was
2: Odell. It's crazy too that after all the shit we talk about the Ghem who shall not be named it is all his guys that are getting resigned but like you hit you you keep drafting in like the top 10 you will hit but you have to give him credit like he got his quarterback is back his running back who everyone hated it too is back when that draft like the 2018 draft like the top 5 and 10 it's like those guys are all over the place now. All the quarterbacks we thought were going to be good are for the most part in new places. Baker is sharing Danny's locker. I love that Baker has to see – I hope Baker doesn't get Danny's locker because they're sharing at MetLife right now. I always oh, like-
1: score shirt on Baker Mayfield when that shit happened. <laughs> and they tried to claim out of context bullshit. Yeah, with the Gettleman stuff, it's like – it's always like people lose their mind with that. It's like, yes, you do have to give Gettleman credit for the picks he got right. But when you put that credit in everything – He's still a horrible GM. <laughs> it's like, yeah, he deserves credit for picking Andrew Thomas over the other tackles, but he's still a bad GM when all of that comes together. One Devastatingly bad. Uh,
0: one of the things that I've adopted these last—I uh, I started saying this over camp, and as Saquon you know, was signed back and Jones was signed back, it's like, man— if, if we're at a point where we're starting to give Dave Gettleman his flowers as a fan base, that's how, you, that's how you know that things are actually looking up for the Giants. Now, I know you and I are sick like this. We, we share this sickness together. In a way, do you hate how Dable and Shane are so boring compared to Gettleman and Judge?
2: It is kind of the catch-22 because um, it's like – a Yeah, they're boring. Dysfunction and- is funny. Yes. If, if, you, if you're not going to be winning games, and like the thing is, at least they made the playoffs. But if you're kind of in the mid spot where you're not making the playoffs, but you're not terrible. You, so you want to be awesome and a contender or so goddamn bad that you're going on. Um, Twitter videos and going through uh, DeAndre Baker's law stuff like me and uh, Bobby were back in the day and- I will
1: never forget me and you <laughs> periscoping his, his periscope I couldn't remember
2: the name of the app yeah we were going on <laughs> periscope the lawyer we found out was like a, a apprentice com- participant at some point so it's like when things are so goddamn comically bad or you're awesome those are kind of the two things when you're like making content about shit. but yeah they they're so boring it's like I guess it's boring. And again, I'm a Mets fan and a Knicks fan, so I've lived both. I, I don't usually live one side of those highs. I usually live with the lows. But the Shane stuff, what he did, like I Super Bowls, playoffs, whatever. Him just taking off the will or will Saquon not report out of our like lives for like the last month i am forever grateful for heck because again the media would have been running with it we would have had a million questions daniel jones would have paid that as like some evil villain and all this and the fact that he went out none of the beat reporters saw it coming and it was like some like little clause that who was it edger and james did like once in like 2006 or something yeah and I was like, "Holy shit!" Like Joe, Sh- handsome Joe Shane has my fucking heart forever, and that's not just because of his good looks. Dev- Devastatingly good looks. Let's call it what it is. I Great
1: put here. together my final notes after we left the last practice in Detroit, and one of them was like, "I still can't believe that Saquon didn't miss a single practice." And before that happened, we talked about. I was like, "Would you maybe give him a waiver of next year's franchise tag to gain the camp?" And I was like, "I think I would entertain that or or something with some incentives." and the incentives were like basically impossible to hit. He didn't even hit any of them last year. There's no waiver. It's like oh my gosh, like Saquon just could not live with not being at Giants training camp and Shane got that done. Like it's still stunning
2: that he didn't even he didn't even miss report day, let alone a day of practice. He didn't even miss I don't like it's such a fog now, but it is amazing and you know you've heard about that stuff about Saquon forever. It's like you were drafting the the man as much as the player and like it's kind of the gift and the curse for him, it seems like. Uh, but you've covered the the contract stuff, which has been like wild from the the offer last year and the bye week to the you know end of the season to now. But and now it's like I've I was like so mentally like I don't know what's what. Saquon we're going to get if he misses all camp. Like if we just get if we and like, Saquon was not perfect last year. I think we can all agree, kind of like wore down until the end when he kind of came back. But if we get anything like. 90% like rookie Saquon is basically our peak at this point. If we can get like 80% of that guy with everything else with this offense, I mean, that's a dream right now, which is crazy that I'm like, I hope he can go back to rookie year Saquon. I thought this guy was going to be building on that and it's kind of gone the other way for a myriad of reasons, obviously.
1: Yeah, hopefully it just doesn't rely on him too much now that you have Waller now that they have a balanced wide receiver core. Yeah. On the defensive side, outside of Dex, who do you think is going to be the the best player on the defense this season? <sighs> Uh, you go a bunch of different ways with this.
2: Yeah, so like my f- at first blush before the preseason, I would have said Kayvon. but if Wink's already calling him out, and ch- I mean, if Wink calls him out and he answers the bell from here on out, like if I, I'm like, is he going to play uh, second game preseason?
1: I believe. I think most of the guys are. Yeah, there's you a chance. maybe guys with injury history.
2: Yeah, there's a chance Kayvon comes out and looks like that second Washington game, like just like you know house on fire. But I feel like everyone just forgot how fucking good. Xavier McKinney is and how much we expected of him. And like, I, I I listened to a lot of the like league preview podcasts, just getting ready for the season. And it's like, there's always excuses. Oh, you know, the Jaguars, you know, once they move their corner, their slot corner, they move the guys around, everything came together. No one talks about how Adoree Jackson just missed like half the season. McKinney like fucking almost lost his hand. And we were playing kind of like with a shitty secondary where Winks entire uh defense is built around having a secondary that can protect well which is why he's no longer in baltimore because of that last season and i just think mckinney's gonna have a seat uh, you know he's gonna ball out he's playing for a contract and like i think a little bit of like the uh what's the word the shine the bloom has been dusted off his rose i don't know that doesn't make any sense but i feel like he's like lost a little bit of the shine that we had on him and i think we're gonna remember oh this guy's fucking awesome
0: yeah Yeah, for sure. I mean, you brought up a good point with it being a contract year. I'm a full believer in that. I don't know about you. Like, yeah, if it's your contract year, I I do think players will kind of ball out a little intentionally. And this is a and this is like a little nod to Joe Shane again. Go up and down this roster. How many guys are on like a one year prove it deal? Yeah. Uh, Xavier McKinney. Leonard Williams is on like this, you know, one year left. They didn't touch his money. They didn't restructure. They didn't push back. Void years, nothing. Uh, Leonard Williams, Paris Campbell, Darius Slayton could, kind even though he's two years, it's kind of like a one-year deal. They could get out of it after one. Go Saquon Barkley, again, is kind of like on this one-year deal. So go up and down this roster. And if, you, if you're a true believer in, guys will kind of want to ball out a little bit more on those one-year deals. The Giants got him. Xavier McKinney is probably like number one on that list. We're playing the yeah. Dolphins this year. You know where I'm going with this. You know where I'm going with this?
2: Are we talking Landon Collins interception touchdown in in London? No,
0: no. <laughs> Frank. Frank. Oh, Frank. What Frank. are we? Is there a wager? Is there going to be a stream? Are you watching the game together in the same room? Is there anything planned yet? Or is that too far away?
2: So I, I hadn't even it hadn't even crossed my mind. Frank Frank the Tank Mets fan and Frank the Tank everything else in life are two different people to me. That's Frank crazy. the Tank everything else in life is like one of my favorite people in the world. Frank the Tank Mets fan it's like I just don't want to hear you <laughs> until the season's <laughs> over. Even if something good happens, it's always negative. That's a great point. So I can actually relish in his team losing in this scenario instead of being like, oh my god, I'm gonna have to like puncture yeah. my eardrums out. I, I yeah, like we're going to have to do I I will make it a point to be around him for that game. So cuz if we lose I'll, I'll, it sucks whatever, but if we win, I get to like fine I get to soak it in. So great call. I need to I, see
0: the dichotomy of what whatever's happening in that room. I mean, it would be I mean, does Frank does Frank celebrate when
2: there's success? <laughs> well, that's like as a as a Mets fan, I never see it. Right. And and like he 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 kills all his he kills his Dolphins. He kills the um Mets. There's apparently the Devils. Uh, I think it's Jack Hughes. There's one guy. He just like loves Jack Hughes and he yeah, like Jack gets his twinkle awesome. in his eyes. And I was like, oh, my God, like Frank doesn't talk about any of the Mets like that. Any of the Dolphins like that. And like the Dolphins have fun ass guys. Right. Like Jalen Waddles. You know, but just a fun, objectively fun guy. He's awesome. He's fast. He has a sweet touchdown dance, all that kind of stuff. And all I hear is how the Dolphins are cursed. They haven't won a playoff game in 26 <laughs> years or whatever it is. And it's just, but like Jack Hughes has like a spell over him. And I don't know enough about hockey to really understand it. But I just thought it was like it was like adorable that he has like the soft spot in his heart for Jack Hughes. So yeah, there's not a lot of uh celebrating for the tank. Which to be fair, Mets Dolphins fan. There's not a lot of reasons to really celebrate as is. But very strange, I don't know.
0: If- very odd. But uh, I. Know- need there to be a camera just i'm putting it out there right now putting it in your brain there needs to be a camera somewhere when that game's happening at 1 p.m whatever day frank the tank and barstool clint
2: i'm gonna to do it i'm gonna do it october 8th 1 p.m week five Oof. Uh in Miami. So it's gonna be a road game. But uh and and two of us Daniel Jones, I feel like two very divisive quarterbacks as well. Like I think whoever wins should like not have to hear shit about their quarterback for one week. That's all. I get Ragazzo
1: to help us out with that. I don't think people realize how big of a uh, maybe I didn't realize how big of like a name Frank the Tank is. Like my fantasy football group, none of them are on Twitter. We're all high school friends. I'm the only one that's on Twitter. And they're like, hey, let's have this guy, Frank the Tank, do our draft order. And I'm like, it's like, oh, oh, this guy transcends like everything.
2: And it's not even, they're not even on Twitter, is the crazy thing. Cause you'd be like, yeah. oh, they saw his things, but he transcends Twitter. And like, we've had like, like Portnoy has blown up in a, in a whole different way since when I started. Big Cat, we have some other guys who've really like gotten bigger and still, Frank. Is like we say maybe the most famous guy at Barstool, and it's like, <laughs> how did you get to know Frank? There's a million different ways. When he had to get a police escort out of Yankee Stadium,
0: I, that was crazy. There's, really?
2: There's yeah. there's nobody at this company that has had to do that. Uh, our old uh, Red Sox guy, Jared Carabas, would basically just troll Yankee fans <laughs> and like have like you know, expletives thrown at him, all this kind of stuff, and never at the point where there was like such a group around him that he had to get a police escort out. But that Frank, he just has he has it, man. He has the uh, I'm not going to say, I'm going to say it. the Riz. Is that what the kid saying mm, yes, the he has the Riz? Certainly,
0: he certainly got it.
1: <laughs> he certainly uh, got it. I didn't it. even know that. I need to go find that video now. Yeah. Is there any new tradition that you've got for this uh, this new regime that we didn't catch up on last offseason?
2: So I had a thing at the end of last season. We we uh, launched a Day Bull shirt where he was smoking a cigar. Mm. So I started doing after after We've the win. have seen those at camp. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah. Nice. Good. Uh, I think we took him down from the store, so we got to put him back up. I was doing a smoke them if you got them. So after they would win, I'd smoke a cigar very, very, very poorly. Justin would be like, he'd probably throw up if he saw me, like sure. how poorly I was smoking a cigar. They were like, I mean, if I get a $10 cigar, is that just like an insult to the game or is that fair? That's a fair. Cigar guy. I mean, I mean
0: it's ten dollars, especially if you're just doing it for whatever. You know, if you yeah. were sitting down on a Saturday night with the ten dollar cigar, well, it's like at least bring it up to 1415
2: like we on. <laughs> Okay, fair enough. Um, so I did that last year and I have a I have a, a new thing. I can't reveal it now because to be honest with you, it's a little superstitious. Cause I did a new thing. Whenever the Mets won, I had a little victory song. Yeah. Started good. Oh, and then it man. all went to shit as the Mets, I believe, are 55 and 66. I right like now. that it's video. Really it was a
0: good-looking woman. I appreciated seeing her yeah. pop up on my phone. Flash
2: dance, Flashdance. Yep. Flashdance. I had never seen the movie, but that's a hell of a song and a hell of a dancer, <laughs> like you said.
1: <laughs> you, you brought up a shirt. Now that you guys – I don't know the full details, but I know you guys aren't as corporate now with the um with the mm-hmm. the pen. Can you guys make burn down MetLife shirts? Because we're not allowed to make those.
2: You're not allowed to make them?
1: So – I asked and said yes and then they just were never made. So I'm pretty sure we're not damn. Which part of me is like we've we've had to rely on Giants PR a little bit the last, you know, year for a thing here or there. So it's like I just we can't really have the burn
2: down MetLife shirts. Well, I and John Boy went fucking corporate. This is sad, man. It's wow. it's like know, hearing this I in <laughs> I guess the fear is if someone actually does burn down MetLife, it comes directly on the guy selling the shirts, but <laughs> I mean, if we were going to do it, we would have done it by now, right? Like, if those last five years of hell with that stupid, awful goddamn stadium, we didn't do it then, we're never going to do
1: it. Yeah, it's kind of past now. But we did have, like, a funny conversation at camp when it's like, remember how much we were joking about burning down MetLife and then all of a sudden the Broncos stadium was on fire? (laughs) Could you imagine... If in that time frame <laughs> that it actually happened in MetLife,
2: did he feel lights on fire every year? I don't know how, but somehow, someway, some way, some it always, I guess that's like a metaphorical a met, for a metaphor. the Mets fans. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Which, speaking of which, not a lot people are talking about how me and you saved the Giants season by the, you burning that boat down in Miami. And it Dude, just We did. We burnt
1: down the boat. Like we literally burnt down a boat in Miami and <laughs> saved the Giants season. Like there's two things that won the Giants games last year me and you burning down the boat in Miami and then Mr Brownstone in North Carolina drunkenly proclaiming 25 times on our podcast to let's win some games, let's win some games. <laughs> have you seen that no oh dude I, I have to, to. I'm, I'm gonna send them all I'm gonna send you all the clips afterwards please do so one of our biggest listeners like a1 from day one like one of like five listeners who actually has my phone number I have it like, right here consider him a friend we did a live show. At in Charlotte, North Carolina, because we just had a bunch of listeners from. Hold on, Justin. He, this this
2: to... the race? This was the race, right? You guys went down for the race or no, whatever.
1: No, this was the, this was last off season. Not even like NASCAR bringing okay. it. We just went and did it. So we had about twenty, like twenty to thirty people show up, and we did a lot. We did a show from there, and Mister Brownstone didn't started drinking natty daddies and didn't realize well, they're like eight percent alcohol and he just thought they were nat-
0: natural lights. So so, and he just
1: and he was on the show while he probably like down like eight or nine of
0: these in a couple hours. So this is a twenty-eight second compilation of Mr. Brownson saying let's win some games. Yes. Uh, over over like a 30, 40 minute show. I just wanna win games. I just wanna be a winner, mother. That's all I want. That's
1: all we want. Uh, let's win some games. We meet he's being silly now, but he knows we, he, wants
0: he
1: wants to be, be a winner, winner more than anything. <laughs> <laughs> let's be winners. <laughs> winners. How has he's like not I even part of Florida? Be, oh. Just interrupting us, like, middle of conversation, like, he wants to I'll, win. I'll, I'll, Leo, let's go. Let's win some games. Let's
0: win some games. <laughs> he, was also, he would also hold up the – so he had a handheld microphone, and some of us had, like, other, you know, just, like, uh, headsets. So he would hold up the microphone, even though we all had microphones. He would like hold it up to us like he was interviewing us, which was probably the
1: For funniest part. For like over part. five minutes without his arm getting tired. Yeah, it's just, like hold, he was just, just holding it. up a microphone.
2: <laughs> There's um, your shirt. He, Let's win some games. Was, and he, we
1: got it. He was leaning on a, on, on the camera. At, at one point, oh my god, yeah, we made the shirt. Let's win some games. I'll have and to send you one. one it's one of our best sellers. <laughs> it's like it, it became like roll tide for me last year. or it's just like when whenever a fan would come up to me like in public, i be like, let's win some games. Let's win some games. Let's win some games. Um, so so us burning down that boat in Miami. So we got to figure out a way to get them. Make sure they win again this year. So we got to think of something.
2: Yeah, like we have now. We have to basically need bad stuff to happen to the too good. And like the Cowboys and the Eagles, we need to ensure bad stuff happens to them. We've taken care of the good stuff happening to us. The Cowboys, Mike McCarthy calling the shots more and Brian Schottenheimer having any part of control of that offense is I think already we're already good on that set. Like the, the, well has already been poisoned for the Cowboys. I yeah. think it's the Eagles that like, you know, every time they just sit in the draft, the best player in the drafts falls to them and like the teens. somehow and you're like, what the fuck, how does this keep happening? And that we is just the crazy thing where
0: we could win nine, 10 games this year and still finish third in the NFC East. It,
2: exactly. Exactly. It's not right. It's, and for like, we had like, you know, there was probably like three or four years where, the NFC least, we heard all the jokes. But it's like almost every other year of my life, there's one to two just beasts coming out of this division every single year, and we had, like, that one little run. What was it, 2020, where it was, like, seven wins. That was a fun could year. Could have won it? So, yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. So <laughs> it was a it's very bit, fun year. It is still crazy, though. I think we're on, like, 12 years or so of not having two division, back-to-back division winners in the NFC East. Um, it's not Wow, I didn't realize yeah, that. Yeah, it's, it's, like, I think it's going back to, like, 2010 or wherever. Yep. You talked about doing bad things. We were—I t- don't know if you saw these. Every every game day morning at eight a.m., we would tweet out "Good morning," and the other team's mascot being killed. And we we actually we we retired that this year because we were like game day should be a day where you're gaining followers. I did some stroke. research. <laughs> we and- were losing followers, especially <laughs> yeah. in like the stretch where we were playing the Lions. People didn't like a lion being shot first thing in the morning, Sunday morning. <laughs> the Jaguars. The Jags, Bears, the Bears is what started it, and it was. Did just you kill a random. cowboy? We just used like from an old
0: Western movie. Okay, that's fair. But people are right if you kill other people, but I mean, God forbid you show show a video of not even us we weren't even shooting the animal somebody else shooting an animal
1: (laughs) so i took a picture of the lion's mascot at joint practices and did this finger and and they edited a gun actually mr brownstone edited a gun in my hand for that fantastic so that that is like the last good we did think like dave tallison and some of those guys are hunters we did think about like going out there going hunting with them and like setting up a green screen somewhere and just being like all right let's put together 20 different shots of i'm dave tallison and let's you know let's win some games
2: I like that. Got to win some games. I like that. That see that. But the thing is, if you're killing alive, I learned this from Darren Ravel when he posted JFK getting his brains blown out. Like it was like eight o'clock on a Tuesday morning too. It was. I
1: remember where I was when I saw that. I remember I was at my old job. I remember what account I was at. I remember that. I was like, oh my god, this guy just posted JFK.
2: The best and the worst of all. He's the, the goat and the wood at the same time. I mean, it's Oceanside
1: truly remarkable. Villas in Beach when I saw that. I <laughs> oh will remember God. that to this day.
2: <laughs> I love it, man. And it's so funny. That just shows, like, different mindset with you guys and me. My Sunday mornings, this is what I do. I leave the house, and I'll go, like, I'll go grocery shopping or, like, get, like, food for lunch or whatever. And I tell everyone, Get out of the house because it's all the anxiety, whether it's, you know, Giants, fantasy football, your bets, whatever it may be. You got to get out, get that that nervous energy out. And I say, everyone do one good deed and then tweet me what the good deed was. So it's like, oh, you know, I held the door open for an old lady, yada, yada, yada. And I take my wife's car. out, I get it gas. So then on Monday morning when she goes to work, she can have, you know, fresh tank. And you guys are just tweeting out animals, innocent animals getting slaughtered. But hey, we won some games. So whatever, keep it going is what I say. You don't
1: realize we had a few where like, yeah, this one can't make it to Twitter. Specifically, yeah, we made a few of those calls. Specifically Denver Broncos Week One, 2021. Yep.
2: Did you did you put uh did you use uh Rebel's JFK video for the commanders? Because he was the commander in chief when he got killed, right? Oh, oh
1: wow. my god. It's Is that Too soon, now, too we, soon? Too <laughs> soon. Dude, they were some really so lots of some the best some of the best ones were like where we would edit in Like, newscasts. Like, so the year we beat the Seahawks with Colt McCoy, it's, like, some news. It's, like, yeah, some man uh, grabbed a Seahawk out or a Seagull out of the uh, air, hit it with a boogie board, and snapped its neck. And then, like, pans to, like, Joe Judge, like, yelling. I don't know how I
2: missed his video because I'm up that early, and I follow you guys. So, I I – just go to the Talking
1: Giants page and just search "Good Morning" on it, good and, morning and, and just go through. Just go through media. You'll see a bunch of them. <laughs> the best morning, was Al. explaining. We had we interviewed Rich Soybert, and we're explaining to it. He's like, "What'd you do for?" This was when it was Washington Football Team. He's like, "What'd you do with that? What'd you do to blow up a football team?" And I was like, "No, I added a picture of." daniel jones shooting george washington he's like oh that's that's just wonderful he's (laughs) like like, who who is interviewing me right now (laughs) that's just wonderful
2: it's you guys against the world people forget that so you can't really worry about that when you're against the entire world
1: yeah yeah talking giants versus the world but we did retire the good morning post i think that's official i'm thinking about sunday morning doing a good morning post and doing like the put your guns down thing um like the crits and the bloods kind of a
2: thing like a, a day of peace or something like that
1: yeah, something like that. We'll we'll figure it out. You know, now that I'm talking about retiring it, I'm like I feel like shameful that we're retiring it. So Post it well, to our
2: Patreon page. If if we start like oh and three, you're bringing that shit back. Like, well, that's the thing is people would
1: people started well people started blaming us when we were in that losing streak, and I was like, well, you weren't crediting us when we were winning for this, and Such you know. so –
2: i'm i'm really excited about my little my 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 little thing after wins but again i I don't want to say anything because if i put it out there and then again they start 0-3 you get blamed for everything and trust me i'm superstitious i blame the announcers when they're like this guy hasn't missed a field goal in 84 kicks or something like that and then he just shanks the fuck out of it
1: yeah so we totally fucked you over last year and i it's probably the worst i ever felt we put our graphic together for the records and somehow we put everyone on there, like people who didn't even come on the show. And somehow we forgot to put yours on there. And you had the most correct one. I think it was nine and eight.
2: That broke my heart. I'm happy you brought it up because I was going to bring it up. And I saw I think I saw it like in the preseason, like right before the season started, you guys put it up. And I was like, and someone's like, Clem, what did you put? And I put nine and eight. And then at the end of the season, you then gave credit and you were like, oh, my bad. Is it, were you, the, you run the account? for the most yeah so you're like oh fuck i feel terrible then at the end of the season you're like here's everyone did and you forgot to put me in again and i was like oh i finished i i nailed the number of wins i didn't get the tie which i mean if i guess nine seven and one i would i would kill you bobby if you had forgotten to put me on there And you're like god damn it so i know if you remember to put my prediction on now i'm going to be so fucking off it's off mark on this one
1: well we we just kept on quote tweeting the same graphic and uh it was very funny like some of the best reporters it was like week six like you lost um that's uh, you know because we started what six and one last year or five and one or whatever it was no
2: it was we, were, we definitely started six and one because i remember writing a blog Saying the Giants started six and two, and that's all I have to say about that. Because whatever the eighth game was was like just an Seahawks. absolute sh- Seahawks. Seahawks. It was, it was such a shit game. But I was like six and two, and I put a picture of Tom Coughlin as the thumbnail because every year we would start six and two with him, and I'm like, all right, <laughs> six and two halfway mark. I have I still have no clue which way this season is going to go. We can go ten and six and make the Super Bowl, or we can go eight and eight and like feel like the season was a complete failure. It was those were some wild times during the Coughlin era, man.
1: So that, but that begs the question. What is your record prediction for the 2023 New York Giants?
2: So I'm looking – I was looking at the schedule before we came on just to get like a refresher of it all, and it's impossible. To, like, I wish we played San Francisco later because they'd be on like their seventh quarterback by that point. Yeah, I almost a,
1: want them early because it's like they're going to be in flux with that. Yeah, low. that's
2: – yeah, Purdy might still be like a little off. That's, that's fair. And like the two games out west, it's just weird in general. I mean, I could give you a million scientific reasons – anyone who's ever watched a game of football or played fantasy knows your fucking whole seasons in flames by week two or the entire NFL is I'm going 10 wins. I get it. Fuck it. I, 10 and seven. The tie is in my head right now. You know, it's cause I, I want to get the record spot on 10 and seven um, worst case scenario. Second place in the NFC East, maybe win the whole goddamn uh, thing, but I'm saying at least 10 and seven uh, just depends what we do to fucking curse Philly. That's basically the only difference between an NFC's champion or not. So it's on us, Bobby, to win the NFC East. We, we, we need save Jason the fucking Kelsey franchise. and
1: Lane Johnson's old ass to like, start breaking down.
2: So, the, when I didn't think there was a chance uh, Lane Johnson was – was it Lane Johnson who was thinking retirement last Kelsey. year?
1: Both Kelsey. of them were.
2: Both of them. And this, they both come back. Fletcher Cox refuses to retire, and now he's going to retire once like all the Georgia guys are fully fucking like, – fully functional NFL monsters. It's unbelievable how those guys just keep going. But uh, yeah, I guess like, how do we get how, how to get, how to force someone to retire. I don't know. I to, I'm like going to Google that. I, I don't know how we get willing people to retire from million dollar contracts, but that's basically the difference between the NFC East championship or playing wildcard weekend.
1: We need to bump up Jason Kelsey's podcast a lot where it's like, Oh, this this will make your money, dude. You don't need to play, play in the NFL. This is a very successful endeavor. Yeah. Maybe we'll have John Boy Media offer him, or you guys offer. Actually, you guys have more money than us. Yeah, you guys offer Jason stool. Kelsey like fifteen million a year for the podcast, and then get him to retire, and then pull the offer. You're like, Sych.
2: okay, all right. I, the only problem is, I think like our our nice safety net of like unlimited money is no longer here. But maybe like he won't know that, and we could just like bounce the check, and then by week one he can't get back. That's and, a
1: good excuse, like, uh, hey, we don't perfect. have the money we once thought when we offered you this.
2: I like this. I like, and I have to give that podcast credit. Like they do, get some good sound bites, some good like things that go viral. So they do. Yeah, they do, do a, a good lot job. of
1: money, Jason yeah. Kelsey. <laughs> um, so ten and seven. I like it. I like it. Um, Let's do it. Did the LPG do eleven and six or ten and seven, Justin? Do you remember off the top of your head?
0: I think he might. It was not eleven. Okay, then it was nine you. or ten. Yeah, How did so LPG
2: then, not get nine wins like, I am looking at it right here? He gets eight and nine, which is like was optimistic at the time. But it's like that is the gold standard for optimism in Giants I know. World. And he I, know. He didn't I think it was he had finally
1: been beaten down into it like being into like some realism. And then they fucking go and make the playoffs. So it's just like, all right, never again. Never again will I try and be uh Opti- what what's the what's the phrase that everyone worked oh cautiously optimistic never again <laughs> will i be cautiously optimistic about this team so we got our quarterback we got our coach and everything's starting to come together clem we uh we appreciate you as always i hate ending the interview
2: that's an interview right i that's oh i can i give you can i give you a couple takes here just to throw them out
0: yes let's go
2: okay jalen hyatt i thought he could have been like a really good speed guy Um, If he were like 11, wearing 84 and having the hands where he actually catches with his hands, I'm convinced he will be our our number one wide receiver by year two, latest year three. Absolute. So 84
1: is a good number for Jalen Hyde. I'm I'm not alone on this. I I believe that that's a good wide receiver number.
2: It's incredible. Why I, I think eighty and eighty-eight are the gold standard, and then eighty-four is maybe a, a, a little bit behind it because eighty and eighty-eight are so good. But uh, yeah, eighty-four is an awesome number. So I think Hyatt's going to be awesome just simply because of that. Yep. Um, I this scares me I, a lot. of You're talking defense. We, we talk Hyatt with offense. Special teams is what scares me, and it's not even because. Uh, what, what do we say about uh, Thomas McAuliffe? Very well like, respected. Very well respected around the league. And Dable was ready to fucking murder him. That was incredible. That was um, one of the beat reporters
1: asked one of the best follow-ups I heard because he came out in his press conference this week. He's like, all right, let's talk about the 7,000-pound gorilla in the room. You know, blah, 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 And then Bob Brookover of NJ.com. It's like, all right, what about the 4,000-pound gorilla? Why was there only 10 men on the field? And he was like, oh, I, didn't re- <laughs> I wasn't ready for that, uh, that, that uh, follow-up.
2: That's a great line. I mean, the coverage is like special teams coverage. There's a million reasons why it can go wrong. I, would, I wouldn't I would mind if we had changed a coordinator. But I know like the NFL is trying to get rid of them. basically. When can we just get like good returners? You know, like Gary Brightwell, I guess, could get better. And then we have Gray. Is Gray going to be our, our – our, I think Gray is
1: going to be the returner.
2: And I'm not asking for a Dory Jackson back there. Every Giants fan was screaming the minute that he was announced as the pun returner. And as soon as he got hurt, we're like, what the – like that was Dable's that, one big slip-up last
1: year. This is how you know that was a horrible decision. You know, criticizing a coach in his first year that is winning, no, yeah. essentially no matter what it is, the fan base will push back on you. Not that. Everyone <laughs> was in agreement. Like, yes, this is a stupid idea. This is a bad idea. This is a bad idea. And no one pushed back at all. First pun then- return.
2: And then the first punt return, he gets. (laughs) Was it the first? Oh, my God. I didn't remember it was the first. That's that's terrible. But just special teams, I am a big-time, like, believe – you need to have a quarterback, you need to have a coach, and you need to have a kicker. Those three things, if you don't have those three things tied up to at least you feel good about them in a big spot, you're never going to win a Super Bowl. And this is the first year where I have to admit – I don't, I don't want to say it's definitely going to happen, but this is the first year I'm like, Graham Gano. it feels like we've been riding this almost like a little too long or feels like it's going to turn on us. And then, uh, what's his name? The Scottish Hammer. I need to see him walking on the field without... Because he kind of like tweaked his ankle or whatever during that preseason game. I'm telling you, if special teams goes wrong... This all just goes to, to like shit. With the the NFL is such like a close league that if your special teams is off, especially if you have a coordinator that we all kind of think stinks, I'm just worried that this is going to be the thing that blows up. So I'm um, I'm not saying I'm like I'm not, I'm not saying it's like a warning. It's like a watch. Like they're on my watch list. The yeah. the the punter and the kicker right now. I'm close a little watch concerned. List,
0: about that. 2023. Yeah, there you go. That's my takes. Jamie, any, any other out. takes? You, are we? You,
1: all right. Get ten words on Darren Waller. He's so big.
2: He's so fast. I love him so much. Is that eleven or ten? Minutes?
1: Wait, wait till you watch him in person, Clem. Yeah. It's 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 unreal. Or in a game like that first day of practice was like this is sick, and it's like like seeing it. One, he's like even if he was the slowest tight end in the in the room, you're just like man, that dude's big as hell. But he's not. He's faster than everybody else. It's insane to watch
2: that video you guys tweeted of him with the safety. I thought it was like some Bobby hijinks. I thought you were playing some kind of thing where you like shrunk the safety down. I'm like, that's not a real – that's a kid that's on the field right now. Like, what are we yeah. doing here? And I was like, no, that's real.
1: Yeah, granted it was the smallest safety on the team, but it's still – it's like that's an – they don't – every practice they'll let him do one one-on-one versus like the safeties, which tight ends always do, and then they're like, I right, go with the receivers. Like, you're wasting your time
2: dominating everyone over here keep him in bubble wrap do not let him like don't even let a chance of like anything to happen to him that guy is too goddamn important we've had to say if he's healthy a million times it's so annoying to say but so much. yeah yeah you have to almost say it, it, it it's the goddamn worst i still remember and i'm not comparing doom but i went to a, a washington game years ago and we were in like the 300s, like shitty seats in the end zone but from across the field on the other side they were like on the other 10 yard line and you could just see where calvin johnson was at any given moment and mm. to have a guy you know who's just that much bigger and faster than people it's it's not it's not really something we usually get as Giants fans so I can't wait to see him in person man it's gonna be awesome look at this look at these guys here we're having some fun we're not like talking ourselves remember that like that Seahawks game with Colt McCoy felt like the Super Bowl at the time and that would have been like our eighth best win last year
1: oh yeah that was that that was uh that was a beauty that Seahawks game was amazing because I we had to celebrate being the Seahawks and I also was able to like yeah fucking fire Jason Garrett (laughs) <laughs> they they did not do colt mccoy i was out looking for colt 45s for the podcast for like 30 minutes and nobody sells colt 45s anymore not um, in florida they don't sell i checked liquor shocking. stores i checked get, uh, gas stations in the ghetto no nothing had colt 45s anymore? this country turned to um uh, Alright, but we're going we're going we're going uh crazy. Alright, Clem, thank you uh for coming on at the Clem Report on Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. Appreciate you as always. And we'll keep crushing uh, it, boys. We'll we'll see if we can find that burnt down boat. Thanks. Hey
0: Sully, sure, you man, hope I never get back in now kick dog. Hey baby, let's go out there like a bunch
1: of crazy dogs and have some fun. Alright. Thank you, Barstool Clem. We could just call him Clem. We put Barstool in there for the clicks to get people yeah, to click, but it's just it's just Clem. I've never called no, no one ever calls him that. You've waited all year and the time has finally arrived. College football is back and so are the traditions, the tailgates and the great offers from DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on any college football bet. Kick off the season with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code WORLD. New customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on any college football bet. Only on DraftKings.com. DraftKings Sportsbook with code WORLD. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net in partnership with Hollywood West Cas- Hollywood Casino at Charlestown. Races all games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Uh, On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort, Kansas, 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See draftkings.com slash sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issue Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply Terms of sportsbook.com DraftKings Slash football terms You'll be glad you did You'll be glad you did I don't know where we're at at time now Rodarius Williams waived And claimed by the Bucks The same day uh-huh. as his brother Greedy Williams Was Greedy Williams also claimed? No I, Here's a, I had a little problem though Greedy Williams has not done Anything in the NFL To have Rodarius Williams Be called Greedy's brother they are brothers. Not Rodarius is not Greedy's brother. He is their brothers.
0: They are brothers. You
1: know what's funny? Uh, Rod- I do think there's something a little fishy about why it happened now, and a guy who complained about playing time last year. But it also is Rodarius Williams, so it's like I don't, I don't think anyone's gonna dig deep on that one because he but was you gonna know cut what's funny Is
0: that Rodarius Williams had like a Trey Hawkins light training camp in 2021? Where we were like, "Oh, this, this, this fifth round, day three draft pick is starting on the outside," you know, and was drafted as this press man corner and man coverage corner, and well, they actually had him in the slot over Darnay. They they had him in the slot for uh, for a little while too. So but he was starting, and then tears his ACL and just hasn't been a uh, hasn't been the same since. Only Giants corner to have an interception last year. I,
1: I mean, was also I also was thinking about talking about how Giant Insider fell for a troll page saying that. Jordan um, Riley, uh, scouts are saying is better than Jalen Carter and I think we're Smith.
0: I think we're running, we're running, we're running on time.
1: All right, we're running. We're we got a little too much. We don't have enough time to talk about how they fell for and said he's going to be a star. All right, we'll see you guys on the next episode. We have a player profile out tomorrow. We appreciate you guys. We'll see you then. Until then, let's go big.